Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hi! Hello, church. Hi, hi, hi. Nice to see you guys. Um, We just wanted to say hello. (laughs) We are back. We got back um, last week from our three-month sabbatical, which was amazing. Um, and we just wanted to say just thank you for you guys as a church releasing us, for our team releasing us. We had an incredible time. Um, we saw amazing things. There's lots of stories. Um, but we wanted to say thank you for you guys. We see some new faces and some familiar faces. So thank you for being here this morning. But we just wanted to take a moment um, to honour Um, Pastor Joel and Pastor Alex, if we can get you guys up here, if Alex is somewhere, yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Here you go. (laughs) We love you guys. I think um, we just wanted to honour these two because along with our board, Pastor Nat and Karen and also um, Mark Webster, they have been caretaking the church while we've been away, which is no small feat. Um, We know that there's a grace and there's a weight that rests on their shoulders when we're not here. So we wanted to honour you guys and to thank you for all that you've done for our church family. And the place looks incredible. It was so nice walking back in to see the new chairs, the new playground, all of that that's been done. Um, You guys have done an amazing job. So we just wanted to honour you and thank you Um, because, yeah, it wouldn't have run smooth without you guys so thank you for that so we love you yay awesome well good morning everybody turn to your neighbor and say good morning turn to your other neighbor and say it's good to see you now turn back to your other neighbor and say it's better to see you Awesome. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, We are just so blessed that while we were away, uh, that the church has gone forward. We've heard some great testimonies of God doing some great things. And the property just looks really great. I just, I saw all the hard work out here, all the result of hard work. There was a crane out here during the week dropping those big, uh, what are they made from? Sandstone seats out there. They're very heavy. Um, so thank you to everybody who has helped out. It's a great opportunity uh, when the senior pastors are away for the church family to step up into a new level. And I just feel like that's happened across the board. So thank you so much to everybody. It's just been amazing. Um, and yeah, Charlie and I and Bear, we're back. We, um, Bear is taller, he's skinnier. He's, he's lost two kilos since our trip. Um, he's been on a diet, uh, no, no, um, and yeah, we, um, we just love being back in Australia, you know, you, it's time to come home when you miss Australia, and I, and I was just, we got back and we're like, oh, Australia, like, yes, the weather's warmer, we have Medicare, <laughs> you might hear a story about that at some point, the food here is good, the beaches, Ah, the bush. I still call Australia home. Great song. (laughs) Thanks, John. 
should we tell them what we did for our trip? Do you want to hear our little itinerary? Anyone? Yeah, you're wondering what we actually did. Okay, we went to Bali. Didn't get Bali Belly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Miracle. Went to Switzerland, Zurich. Went to Germany, visited some friends. Went to Sardinia, which is an island off Italy, which is an Italian island. It was good. Went to Venice, which was nice, very romantic. No, Charlotte is not pregnant. For all those who are wondering and going to ask her, did you have it? Because that's what happens to pastors. Are you pregnant, Charlotte? Not yet. Um, we went and saw Charlotte's family in Italy, which was beautiful. And then we went to Ortesi, which is up on the Italian Alps border with Austria. And it's up in the mountains, which I'll talk about in a moment. Fell in love with that place. Anyone seen the Grinch movie before with Jim Carrey? Yeah, this, the one that's kind of scary because he looks kind of scary. Yeah, so the town on that is like the town that, that this place is. Very Christmassy, surrounded by big mountains. Um, we went to Sicily for a day. We were booked for a month and we thought, let's go back to the Alps. So we left Sicily after one day and thought, it's not for us. And went back to the Alps. Uh, cost us a bit of money, but did that. Went to the Alps for a month again. Same place, because we loved it so much. Hey, the Dolomites. Sorry, the, my wife's correcting me. Anyone heard of the Dolomites before? Google it, it's beautiful. UNESCO, it's brought it world's heritage site. And then we finished up in London at the end. And I only crashed the rental car once. Um, uh, what else happened? I was only bedridden for two and a half weeks on the verge of sepsis once. Uh, that's a story for you at some point. Uh, what else happened? I only got the flu once, me and Bear in London for a week. We're bedridden as well. That was right at the end. That was once. And there was one more happy thing that happened. I can't remember a fourth thing. Anyway, so we had a great time and different things happened. No, overall, it was a beautiful trip. We definitely limped home at the end. Um, due to a couple of things, but we made it home and we're here with you now and we are alive, which is good. So, did I just totally just... <laughs> no, it was, a, it was actually an amazing time away um, and God done some great things in our hearts and thank you for those who prayed for us while we were away and, you know, had us in your thoughts um, because it was long service, it was, some, it was sabbatical, it was a time to get away and to just be a family and just enjoy each other and enjoy God and we definitely got to experience that. So now it's time to pay the credit card off but apart from that it was fantastic. So good to be back for Christmas. Um, it's a good season to be back because everyone's happier around Christmas. Well sometimes they're happier around Christmas. Um, has everyone done their Christmas shopping yet? Who hasn't done their Christmas shopping yet? Who is going to battle the crowds at Stocklands this week? Good luck to you guys. Is it still called Stocklands? Near affair. Near affair. Just a bit of jet lag. Bear with me. 
my goal this year was to not go into Nara to shop at all, but to order all online. Then I realised that's not helping our local businesses, so I have gone into town once. <laughs> that's a net of class, but you know what I mean. Thank you, Amazon. Oh, gee, I'm just digging a hole. I haven't preached in three months, so you just got to bear with me. Today's message is called Meet Me on the Mountain. Meet Me on the Mountain. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Matthew 14, 23. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, Meet Me on the Mountain. <laughs> Meet Me on the Mountain. Matthew 14, 23. It says this, it says, After he dismissed the crowds, he went on the mountain by himself to pray, and when evening came, he was there alone. After he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and when evening came, he was there alone. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. And Holy Spirit, we just take this moment to invite you to be here in power. Lord, we are hungry for more of you. We are not here to play church and we are not here to do uh, things out of tradition, but rather we are here because we hunger and thirst after righteousness. And Father, I thank you that your word declares that those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. And this morning in this place, I pray for a fresh hunger for your presence. I pray for a melting away of the things that distract and the things that discourage. I pray for a melting away of the sin that comes to try and entrap us. And I pray for a freedom in our spirit. I pray for a, a, a resonating of your presence to be here. Lord, I pray that this church will be a church who knows you, who knows your heart, who is unashamedly passionate for your name, King Jesus. We pray for a different type of people, a people set apart for the glory and the honour of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for the, uh, the, the weariness to fall away. I pray, Lord, for the discouragement to fall away. And I declare you, Lord Jesus, King of Kings, we join with heaven this morning. Can I hear an amen, church? If we're in the throne room, I tell you, you wouldn't be sitting there quietly. You'll be honoring him with your voice. And so, Lord, this morning we honor you. We thank you. We put aside the insecurity. We put aside the comfort. And we say more of you, Lord, and less of us. More of your presence and less of us. Shake this church with your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you hear the river running? Can you hear the river starting to break some dams? Can you hear the hunger of the Father for his people? That he would meet a group of people who hunger for him like nothing else? In the midst of busyness and distraction, in the midst of discouragement, that our hearts would hunger for him like never before? Because he's looking for those people. Someone asked me on Monday, they said, 
what's the greatest thing God did in you while you were away? And I thought, that's a really hard question to answer. And this morning I want to speak to you about what, he, what the answer is for that. I'm just going to show you a little video of somewhere we stayed at. I don't know if the guys have it ready at all up there. Um, you can't really see. Can you turn the lights off maybe up here? Can you guys see that? Okay, so... Let's do it again. Yeah, perfect. This is the town we stayed at down there. They're the mountains above us and all around us. And here's a random guy filming his YouTube channel, <laughs> playing his, whatever that is, accordion or whatever it is. He was passionate, I'll tell you that much. It wasn't very good, but he, he was going for it. <laughs> and uh, this is a little town, yeah. And up through there is all different trails. Um, and you can see the little town right down the bottom there. Is there another video as well, maybe, that we sent through? This is, uh, it's hard to capture. This is a place called Siddiqua. Uh, and it's two and a half kilometers up. And you catch a gondola, I think they call it, up into this place. And there's me with my son trying to calm him because he was upset. But... Have you ever had an experience where it's hard to capture it because it's so magnificent? Yeah, yeah, that's good, guys. Have you ever had a moment where it's like you, 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 you're overwhelmed by the beauty of what's in front of you and the best you can possibly do is take a photo or if you have an iPhone or a, a phone, a pano, get a panoramic photo so half our trip, shark, get a pano. Make sure you get a pano. They're not that good, are they? But I'm just like, oh, they're okay. That which is a wide shot on your setting on your phone. <clears throat> One of the things about going away was um, I spoke a while ago about an autoimmune condition that I've had. And I had uh, exercise intolerance, they call it where basically what that means is when you exercise, your, your muscles spasm afterwards, and it's really debilitating. And part of this trip was we were leaving for healing. And so day one in Bali, I went for a 10-minute walk, and I went, got home and I went, I went for a walk, Charlie. And she's like, oh, that's good. I'm like, I went for a walk. Next day, I went for a six-minute run. Got home, I was so ecstatic. I was teary. I was so stoked, wasn't I? And she's like, oh, that's well done. I'm like, you don't get it. I haven't been able to move for 18 months without my body flaring up and, and all the rest. And, and so on this trip, one of my goals was to try and move every day and try and get out and, and do something. And we stayed in this place where, all to say, up in the Italian mountains, and basically you're in a valley surrounded by these mountains. And up on the sides of the mountains... Uh, which our apartment was, there's all these little trails off into the forest. Uh, and they, you don't know where they go, but they're just tons of these trails. And so every day I would go, I wanted on my watch, find a random trail and go out, walk up it, stop every 10 minutes to get my breath sometimes, but walk up it and for two kilometres, walk up. And then once I hit two k's on my watch, 
turn around and walk back down. And so we did that. I did that by myself. And God met me in a powerful way. And in this verse with Jesus, we see him, he says, he went on the mountain by himself to pray, dismiss the crowds, and when evening came, he was there alone. And, and, and I just learned the power of meeting him on the mountain. The greatest thing God did in me, which is going to sound very simple to you, but it's profound again for me, while we were away, was this. Was that I got to enjoy his presence in a way that I haven't for quite a while. Because I got to experience him in a way where it was just me and him with no noise, no distractions, no cares, no responsibility, and meet him on the mountain. And talk with my father, and walk with my father, and enjoy his beautiful presence. Because what happens as a pastor sometimes is you start to see God through the filter of church. I don't know if that happens with you, but in your life it might be through the filter of your relationships, through the filter of how your dad treated you. So you see your father with how your dad, the filter of how your dad was, and it gives you a skewed vision of who your heavenly father is because maybe your earthly father wasn't the best dad. Even the best dads on earth still give us a warped picture of the father because they are still imperfect. It might be through a hurt that you've had in your life. You have a filter that you can see the father through, through hurt. As a pastor, someone who's grown up in church, as a pastor's kid, someone who's been in ministry since, uh, some type of leadership ministry since the age of 15, all the way through to my age now, I've seen a lot of church. I've seen a lot of church go on. And it's easy for me to see the father through the filter of church. And although the church is called to be beautiful as the bride, often the church is messy. And so the way I often would see the Father is through mess. Or I'll read the Bible thinking about a sermon. Or I would pray and think about the person in church. Oh, that would be a good, good encouragement to them. And the responsibilities of pastoring become, they're great, there's a grace there to do them. But sometimes you're going to the well to get water for others. But there's moments where you need to go to the well to drink for yourself. And anybody who is in care ministry here must be aware of this because Jesus says this. He said, the poor you will always have with you. In other words, there's always going to be need. So we have to be great at drinking for ourselves and then out of the overflow giving to others. There is a reason why on aeroplanes they say, put the face mask, the, the breathing oxygen on yourself first and then on your kid. <laughs> the natural inclination that would be, get it on the kid first. No, no, make sure you have the oxygen so that you can then look after your kid. And so I have this period of, you know, time where every day I would walk up the mountains and encounter God. Now, since being home, my wife would tell you, every day I say to her, I need to go for a walk. In today's schedule, I need to go for a walk. And it's not so that, just so I can get fitter, it's because I need to meet with him. Yeah. 
Now, your mountain might not be a physical walk or a physical mountain. Your mountain, you have to work out where that place is in your life. Because for a young mum, her mountain might be when the baby's having a nap, she has half an hour of quiet. That's where she goes to meet on the mountain. For a dad who's working 40, 50 hours a week, getting home, looking after the family, it might be getting up half an hour early and meeting him over a coffee. But the Father wants to meet you and to meet me on the mountain. Jesus continually got away from the people, got away from the noise, got away from the, the commitment. He didn't give everything up. He just made time to get away and to meet his Father in lonely, quiet places. I've been a Christian for 34 years. And that revelation is still my number one revelation. To meet my Heavenly Father in such a way where the noise has died, the cares have died, and it's just me enjoying Him. It's just me hanging with Him. It's just me listening to Him. It's just me talking about from my deepest, darkest concerns to me just being silent, me walking with my heavenly Father who loves me so much that even my little brain can't comprehend how much he loves me. Is there a nappy in there? No? Okay. Sorry, not a nappy for your butt, a, a cloth nappy. In Psalm 91 verse 1 it says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know the greatest compliment, I believe, you will ever get is this. When someone thinks of you or speaks about you, they say this, that person walks with God. That person, when they speak, you hear God's presence. Not just our opinion, not just experience talking, not just there's something about that person. And for me, my, my dad's that. He still is that. He's a man of prayer. Every day I'd, I'd, when I'd wake up, he'd be downstairs with his coffee, sitting with God. He'd done it for years, whether the church was hundreds, whether it was smaller. He didn't stop. He just would sit with God. And I pray that my son thinks about me that way one day. Because what greater example is there than to be a man who walks with God? One of the things that God spoke to me about when I was away was any Lord of the Rings fans here? Yeah? Awesome. I will take that. Thank you. By the way, I've lost 18 kilos. I know. Pretty good, hey? And I'm going to say that so that you can be like, oh, well, you look a bit, you look a bit skinnier than I are. Because now you know. I am fishing for compliments. I am fishing. <laughs> I'm burling it up. I'm fishing. Long way to go, but at the start. 
There's this scene in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf the Grey goes to this mountain to fight the monster. I don't know what he's called. A monster. Okay. A demon. All right, I won't. Okay, so everyone who's Lord of the Rings, they're very passionate. My wife is very passionate. She's, she corrects me. About, I'd say the, the pat, I'm sorry. I apologize in, in advance. <laughs> he's there, this, this, this Gandalf's like the tall bearded guy. He's fighting this monster, and there's this really cool scene where it's a, the, the, the camera is like a, a, a wide-angle camera, and you see fire falling and light falling. Has anyone seen that? Remember that scene? Awesome scene. One of my favorite all-time movie scenes. Beautifully shot or created. And they zoom in, and Gandalf's there, and he's fighting this demon. And the demon's a demon of fire, and he's fighting him. And you think that Gandalf dies because they fall and they, they disappear. And then later, not to be a spoiler alert, but later in the movie, Gandalf appears, but now he's not Gandalf the Grey, he's Gandalf the White. Yeah? And his authority, his authority is a whole different level. Blinding darkness, blinding, because he overcame the demon on the mountain he stepped into his destiny. Jesus, what happened before his official ministry started was he was led into the wilderness, into a lonely place, or as I would say, the mountain, to overcome. And then through that, he stepped into his authority only when he overcame in the wilderness. So the mountain is there to encounter the Father and the mountain is there to overcome the darkness. And so I had this, 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 this moment while we're away or I'm walking with God and, and God's like, it's time to overcome the monster. And for me, it was a monster of fear. And it was a fear that went back 10 years that had affected my sleep, that affected my marriage, that affected my outlook on life. And it was like God was saying, enough is enough. Now it's time to take on the monster. And I'm like, God, I don't know how to do that. All I know is this. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going to walk with you, Father, and we're going to overcome this monster, but I know that at the end of it, there's greater authority. There's greater anointing, there's greater grace, there's greater testimony. Because God wants to meet you at the mountain, but in the mountain there is overcoming power. Things that have been there trying to bind you for years break off when you meet God on the mountain. There is a reason why Moses met God on the mountain when God spoke to him about the Ten Commandments. There is a reason why Elijah was spoken to with a gentle whisper. Where? On the mountain. There is a reason why Jesus revealed himself in transfiguration. Where was it? On the mountain. Now, again, I'm not saying go up Campbell or a mountain today. I'm saying you figure out your secret place with God, your mountain. But know that there is a place that God wants to meet you at. Every day where you go and you spend time with him and he speaks to you and he sets you free. 
You have to remember that we are public reflections of private devotion. It was confusing when I was younger to see people who would be up on the stage, whether it be in the band or speaking, on a Sunday, but on a Saturday they're out getting drunk. And it confused me as a young person because I thought, it's just two different lives. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that everyone here today, you can try and fake it, but ultimately what's in you will be revealed. And hopefully what is revealed is private devotion. Because we can blame things on offense or hurt or this person done this or this person did this. It's all about actually you and the Father. We have to come to a place of knowing that our private devotion should be the most holy, powerful thing. That in the midst of our busy lives, that we take time every day to meet him on the mountain. Because if we can be a mountain people, we will be a world-changing people. And our marriages will reflect it. Our kids will reflect it. Our businesses will reflect it. Our health will reflect it. Our mental health will reflect it. Our emotional health. When we spend time in his presence, things get readjusted. He is a chiropractic God. He loves to realign our spines with him. But he does it beautifully. He does it, he does, you know, he's, he's, he's fire, but he's also love. I was telling someone recently, I'm like, I, I love the Father so much. He, I'm a little bit, I feel a little bit like deaf. Some, I feel like my, my ears are a bit blocked sometimes with him. And I feel like I'm a little bit like blind, like I, I'm a bit blurry. And I feel like sometimes I'm a bit slow to get a concept or to, if he's speaking, I, 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 I'm very open to say, I need him to really help me. Anyone else feel like that? Like, I, I, maybe that's a humble stance. I don't know, but I'm like, God, I just need you to help me. Like, I need you to open my eyes. Open, on the way in this morning, I'm like, God, open my eyes to what you're doing. Open my ears. I'm spending time in prayer. I'm like, God, help me. Help me to see bigger than my little, minuscule little mindset. What you're doing, what you want to do. Help me to, oh, just help me. Help, Holy Spirit. Just come and do what you do best. Help. And I just love the Lord. He just, it's like he says, come on, Benaiah. And he leads me. And he's very gentle. Come over here. And I'm like, what? I'm like, Come on, we're going over here now. And I get there in the end, but it might take me a little while. But I get there because I have ears that are leaning into him. The question I have for us this morning are our ears leaning into the Father. In the midst of noise, in the midst of the, the Christmas noise right now, finance and presence and family gatherings that could be awkward or tensions or are you leaning in because that's where he is you must remember that time spent alone with God is never time spent alone <laughs> I'm lonely spend time with the Lord Honestly, it's the answer. Go for walks. 
the great thing about jet lag for me is I'm completely exhausted by 9 o'clock and I'm wide awake at 5 a.m. So I'm pacing around where we live, praying at 5 a.m., walking past some of your houses, praying for you. Sounds creepy, doesn't it? I love it because I can just, there's no one around. Time spent alone with God is never time spent alone. Our identity can only be discovered through intimacy. What's one of the greatest needs in the church? It's identity. If you just knew who you were in him, you wouldn't want to be anybody else. And if we just knew who we were in him, we would find rest, security, joy. The Instagram culture of comparison would die because it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. All that matters is me and him. There's so much to be gained by meeting him on the mountain. And my heart today is this, and I want you to keep saying that statement because I want you to say it to yourself. I've got to go meet God on the mountain. Not just when I need something, but because I want to meet him. Oh, but I'm so busy. I've got, I'm too tired. Not a reason. Just go for a walk. Go for a drive if you have to. Go to the beach. Whatever you got to do, go and meet him on the mountain. I love how in Psalm 46, 10 it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The way that we know him is by being still. If I was to get you up this morning and say, Can you tell us right now, can you tell us what God is speaking to you about? in this season how what would you say if I was to say to you what's the greatest revelation God's given you this week what would you say and if the answer is oh I'll be a bit awkward I'm not too sure meet him on the mountain meet him because he's saying to you and I meet me on the mountain all intimacy flows Sorry, all fruitfulness flows from intimacy. Everything we do in life, one of my greatest prayers when I'm walking, and when I was away walking up those hills, up into the forest, was God help me to be wiser. I feel dumb. Your word declares that if I ask for wisdom and don't doubt that you will give it to me. Yeehaw. I have a check signed. That's a, this prayers, we'll, do, we'll preach on this, there's prayers that you pray and they are guaranteed to be answered. God, give me wisdom beyond my understanding. Give me wisdom so far beyond that it's scary and it's, just, it's supernatural. Help me to be a better husband. My wife would appreciate that prayer. And I don't just say, help me. I say, God, multiply my ability. Help me to be a better dad. It's my first time being a dad. I'm still, I'm going to learn my whole life, but I'm learning a lot. God, help me to look after my son well. 
are meeting him at the mountain. And he does. He speaks, he reveals, he shows. So here's the invitation this morning. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door this morning, church, of your heart and my heart, and he knocks afresh. Not just for salvation, but for daily communion. And he says, if you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in and I will sit and I will eat with you. Who he wants to eat with Almighty God. Who wants to eat with the Father. I want to sit down and just eat with him. Calorie-free food. That is good for the soul. And it says here, behold, he stands at the door and knocks. But do we have ears to hear this morning? Because I tell you, with this type of message, it's easy to go, oh, that's a new Christian message. Oh, that's really bad. This is a refreshing invitation. Meet him on the mountain. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love and he will exalt over you with loud singing. Woo! If there's ever a verse to put on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth once a week or whenever it is, I'm looking at you, Nat Curtis. The Lord your God is in your midst, church. Oh God, let us let the familiarity just explode. The Lord your God. Say the Lord your God. It actually is the Lord your God is in your midst. He's in here. A mighty one who will save. Will save. He will rejoice over you and I. With gladness, or one translation says, with singing. <laughs> My son loves to sing, although he doesn't know how to really. So he just makes up songs. But when he's trying to be really passionate and there's a song on, he will try and mime it for some reason. But he'll close his eyes and he'll just move his mouth, and it's very strange to watch. The Lord sings over you. And as I'm walking up in these trails in the mountains, it's like I get a glimpse of this song coming from the Father's heart, a song of rejoicing, a song of love. Because when the Father meets you like that, you can't help but shut up. God, I need this, I need that, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, Bang, love hits us and we go, oh, everything's good. Everything's going to be okay. He's got me. My father's got me. <laughs> Fear burns away. Insecurity burns away. Lust burns away. Sin 
burns away. Selfishness burns away. Everything that is around that tries to rip us off does not matter anymore when his love encounters you and you encounter it because all that matters is his love. And if you've never had that, I pray this morning that you would encounter that. And if you want that type of love, every day all you've got to do is say, Father, I want to encounter your love. Heavenly Father, I want to encounter your love. It is an irresistible prayer. Don't just pray it for one day, two days. Pray it for every day of your life. And he will meet you. And your life will be free. A life of intimacy is characterized by joy. Meeting him on the mountain is a place of joy. It's a place of definition. It's a place of destiny. It's a place of breakthrough. But most of all, it's a place of intimacy. Last verse before we finish. And then we can enjoy some mummikins. Is that what it's called? Mummikins. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. And let the, it says, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. This morning, this is what I believe the Father wants. I believe he's just saying, there is a fresh invitation for everybody. And even if you feel like you're already meeting him on the mountain, there is a new level for you on the mountain. And if you know that you haven't met him on the mountain for a while, it's time to come back to the mountain. And if you've never been to the mountain to meet God, this morning's the day to meet him. I encourage you every single day to go, I'm going to meet God on the mountain. It took me, we were, we were away for 13 weeks. It took me six weeks to stop thinking about church. Six weeks to th- stop thinking about pastoral care things in church, about how the church is going. That's how long it took me to get away from the noises and the responsibility and all those things, which aren't bad things, they're just things. And to find quietness with him. Now, reality is this, I should find that quietness in the midst of all those things. But I'm not perfect. (laughs) The challenge now being back is caring for people, helping people, ministering to people, but doing it out of a place of being on the mountain. Because the challenge for every single person here is this. In your busiest season, the mountain will often become the first thing that will go. And it shouldn't be. And read the life of Jesus. Continually, what does he do, church? Where's Jesus? He's on the mountain. Where's Jesus? He's disappeared again. And it says he goes to isolated places to be with his father this morning as we finish I pray with all my heart that we would capture the heart of the father with a fresh invitation to meet him on the mountain
Make that your life's calling. Make that your motivation. And P.S., you can meet God in the mountain, in the gym, at the beach, in a cafe, having a coffee. It doesn't matter as long as you are meeting him with all your heart. For me, it's going for a walk. I'm away from the noise. The podcast is off. Everything's off. The music's off. Hey, God, I'm back. I'm back. And the last thing is this. I say this to God every time. Father, as you walk with Adam in the garden, can we walk like that today? It says that God would come down every day and walk with Adam in the garden. That was heaven. That was perfection. That's how God intended it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Father, can we be like Adam and you in the garden before the fall? Can we walk together today? Take everything in me and surrender. Have it all. And he goes, yes. He goes, I've been waiting for you. Looks at his Apple Watch. I've been waiting for you. (laughs) What are you doing? Offended all the Android people. So why don't we stand to our feet as we finish? Let's get Charlie to come up here for a moment. Thank you. I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes as we finish. And let's just reflect on the message and the invitation to meet him on the mountain in the secret place, to dwell in the secret place with him where everything changes. Why don't you just just lift your hands as a sign of surrender. And if you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior and to forgive you of your sin and give you a fresh start, just pray that. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to walk with you. I believe in you. And for those who have walked with the Lord for some of you for decades, I encourage you in your heart to afresh say, yes, I'm going to meet you on the mountain like never before. I'm going to get away with you like never before. It's game on like never before. I'm just going to ask Charlie just to, just to pray over us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're so kind. You're so gentle, you're so gracious, you're so loving. And I just get the sense to just remind people in this room of that verse that says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I sense heaviness on some people's shoulders in the room. Might be financial pressures, it might be um, future decision making, maybe there's a change of work or change of season. 
it might be relationship breakdown or even coming into Christmas that that signifies maybe hurt or disappointment. But to remind you that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And coming to that mountain place with him, it releases your heavy burdens. It releases the weight. It releases the pressure. It releases the expectation. It releases the shame, the guilt, the emptiness. He releases that. And so, Jesus, as we just take a moment just to allow your presence to minister to hearts this morning, I ask for that release. I ask for that release of burdens, that release of pressures. And every person would have something different. Every person holds something different in their heart today. But I just release that in Jesus' name. I ask for your presence and your angels to minister to people's hearts so gently and kindly and intimately in this moment. Holy Spirit, that is we make a commitment to come and meet with you in your presence, in those mountain places. Jesus, that there would be such a joy, such a freedom, such a release, such life, such fulfillment. Jesus, that it's not another thing to add to our to-do list, but that we come running with eager hearts and expectation of meeting you in those places. Father, I thank you that you are good, that you are good, that you are kind. We just speak that over every single person. And as, as we release our church into the week, as we release them to go into the busy Christmas week ahead of them, I pray even more for your provision, your favor, your blessing, that you would be with them, that you would hold them, that you would guide them. Father, that this week would be a week filled with joy, filled with freedom and filled with life. So we just ask that in your mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. Um, if anyone does want more prayer, we always want to have a space to be able to do that. If there's something that you're going through that you'd like someone to stand with you and pray for you, we'll have an opportunity after the service for you to do that. Otherwise, it's such a beautiful morning that we get to now officially grand opening. I see a big red ribbon ready to be cut. How exciting. So if you do want to go out or you want to come down and have prayer, that's fine too. But we'll release the service there. Have a wonderful morning. Enjoy some food. And we'll see you on Christmas Day. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.